0: If you look at who they were up against, the types of arguments and smears that these people are liable to use, it literally had to be a perfect protest from start to finish.
1: And like even that lady who got ran over by the horse, the left media was saying, yeah, she threw a bicycle at it and then jumped in front of the horses. It's like, bro, like, and then people are like, oh, she jumped in front of the horses. It's like, bro, like, use your eyes. Like, watch the video. Warm welcome to today's talk. My guest today is Chris Fisher, who is a Canadian expat living here in Mexico. And yeah, we have a very deep conversation on the trucker convoy, as well as a lot of the things that uh, the government has been doing that may be considered um, a little bit sketchy, a little bit shady, uh, and maybe even you might consider this conversation conspiratorial. But in the interest of open dialogue, if you are are kind of like pro-Trudeau, then uh, I would say that you should probably take a look at this video and uh, and hear some of the thoughts from Chris. And uh, this is a wonderful
0: conversation. So I hope you enjoy it.
1: To start, just tell me what's going on in Canada. There's an update with Justin Trudeau. So fill me in on this.
0: Eight minutes ago, I, I just saw this story that was posted eight minutes ago on CTV News saying that he's actually revoking the Emergencies Act. And I checked my Instagram and Roman, Roman Bobber, who I believe you know, mm-hmm. he said that it could be because he didn't have the votes in the Senate. Which is pretty surprising to me, because I was watching some of the Senate debates yesterday, and it seemed like out of the so-called independent senators that were chosen by Trudeau, 90%-plus were just adding fuel to the liberal fire, just adding fuel to the narrative, the race card, the whites, you know, this, and just saying his talking points. So I didn't expect the Senate to be an issue. Right, But that's what Roman's saying.
1: Yeah, I, thought, I saw this tweet, actually, from this dude, um, Supermangella. I don't know if you know him on... Oh, hang on. Okay. All right, yeah, this dude, Supermangella, he made this... Um, he makes all these posts for Roman, and he mentioned pretty much that like, one of the Senate people were saying, like, hey, we're more balanced, and like here's all these people who like, are in the Senate, so we're actually going to have like a more lively debate. you know? And like a, a lot of the reasons that the Emergency Act passed in uh in parliament like among the mps was because pretty much the ndp said like yeah like sure and most people are like morally against it like that joel lightbound or lightfoot or whatever Mm -hmm. he said he's like morally i'm against this but if we shoot this down then it's going to trigger a non-confidence vote and then like trudeau's gone we have to have another election or would he be gone or what would happen with that like
0: actually There would be another election, Mm -hmm. right? So all those MPs who would be voting on the Emergencies Act, if they vote no, they might lose their jobs and they might lose their pensions. So that's... He's personally threatening their livelihoods and their families to pass this Emergency Act.
1: Yeah, it's a... It's a mess. And, like, yeah, I guess... What's your whole opinion on everything that went down? Because it was a pretty great couple weeks, like... I remember when, the, like, the convoy was on its way to Ottawa. Some of these videos, they all had, like, the waving flag videos, that, uh, that song. And it actually gave me, like, hope for the first time, like, seeing all these people lined up on the, on the side of highways as it was going. And, like, everyone was just kind of uniting. And then when they got there and, like, Trudeau was like, this is a small fringe minority. And then he's like, oh, like... First, he denied it was happening. And he's like, it's a small fringe minority with unacceptable views. And then, yeah, then when they got there, there was like 50,000 people there. And it was like the streets were filled. And it made me super excited about it. But then they had that one guy with the Nazi flag, which Trudeau likely planted there. And then, like, he just went on that the whole time. He was just like, yeah, there's Nazis. They're Nazis. Like, that's it.
0: And... That's that was his comeback for everything mm-hmm. from there on forth and wasn't it his personal photographer who got those pictures pretty fishy
1: yeah exactly like there's a picture of his personal photographer there and yeah it's like it it's, it was frustrating that he was able to use it it's actually pretty smart in terms of like holding on to power it's just like a slime it is
0: because it's the easiest thing to do Yeah, and it's the most effective because no person who views themselves as a good person would want to stand alongside that Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether it's true or not, everybody wants to see themselves as a good person, right? But here's the thing. The protest, they took the moral high ground from the beginning. They said, we're not taking a position on vaccines. We're not taking a position even on, let's say, the liberal government in general. Well, this can all go away. We're just here to end the mandates. And you people are trying to force us to get a shot, which we don't want. And you're segregating us and taking away our livelihoods which is a moral high ground stance. Mm-hmm. And all the people who support that, they can say that they're for equality, they're for workers' rights, they're against fascism. So right off the bat, the moral high ground is with the protesters. This was a very cheap and easy way for him to tell his supporters and to give the media something to grab onto so that they can all look themselves in the mirror and say, hold on, we're not on the bad side here. We can just dismiss them all on the virtue of one picture of one flag. And I, there might have been other Nazi imagery. It there was like a Confederate Trudeau.
1: flag is yeah. another thing that they were talking about. There was about. a lot of
0: Trudeau is Hitler stuff. Mm-hmm. Which you can't, can't really say that that's pro-Nazi, right? Mm-hmm. There was a Confederate flag. There might have been a few Confederate flags. There's definitely at least one guy on the video with the, the mask who was basically chased away by the freedom protesters. Mm-hmm. And there might have been some Confederate flags on the backs of trucks and whatnot. Again, does anybody really believe that the Freedom Convoy was about pro-racism or pro-Nazi anything? Of course not, right? It was pro-freedom, right? Which is powerful, but that's, like you said, that's the cheap and easy way to turn it around and say, no, 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 we're actually still the good guys, even though we have all these fascist policies, because look at their flag.
1: Mm-hmm. The... The thing that kind of upset me, though, is because I, I, I do go into the comments on Twitter and I look at it and people actually, you know, like they're saying I read it as well. I was like monitoring the Reddit goings on during that whole thing. And people are like, hey, like if you think, uh, you know, like none of the protests I've gone to had Nazi flags in them, you know, it's like if you find yourself in a protest that has Nazi flags or Confederate flags, like maybe... It, you should reflect and realize that you aren't on the right side of history, you know? And it was pretty frustrating to see that it worked, you know?
0: It worked with a lot of people, but I don't think it worked with everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's not like 100% of liberals said, oh, no, actually, we're the fascists, let's support the Freedom Convoy, right? But I think there's a percentage that, that did flip sides. Yeah because they have never heard these arguments presented in that context before about freedom, equality, people's rights, and it was all peaceful. And if you look at who they were up against, the types of arguments and smears that these people are liable to use, I'm talking about the liberals, I'm talking about the media, I'm also talking about the way this, the NDP has embraced this woke religious cult. It literally had to be a perfect protest From start to finish. Because if there was one incidence of violence, they're fucked. Mm -hmm. If there was any actual racism, they would have been totally fucked. So they tried to manufacture the appearance of racism. And that worked with a percentage of people. But I think there's another percentage that that came around and woke up. Mm -hmm. And then they see around the world all these countries are lifting mandates. And they see that Trudeau's literally prepared to go to war against these protesters with militarized police with rifles, with sound cannons, with... I don't know if they actually deployed the sound cannons, but they were pointing guns at people, as New York Times reported, Mm -hmm. which triggered a bunch of Canadian media. And they sprayed people in the face with gas, tear gas, and they beat people with batons and they trampled them with horses. And people, I think, saw that this isn't the Liberal Party that propaganda has led them to believe it is. Mm -hmm. Some people...
1: Yeah, I just wish it was more You know, it's like I, I, like, for this whole Thing, for this whole pandemic I was hoping that people would just be able to open their eyes Like, look at what Look with your eyes, don't look with, like What the news is telling you to see And, like, even that lady who got Ran over by the horse The media, the left media Was saying, yeah, she threw a bicycle At it and then jumped in front of the horses It's like, bro, like, and then people are like Oh, she jumped in front of the horses It's like, bro, like Use your eyes, like watch the video. Like, how because could The they... Ottawa
0: police Twitter reported that the person threw a bicycle at, at the horses, and that's mm-hmm. when the horses kind of panicked and might have, like, accidentally trampled some people. They tried to make. But what I noticed was as soon as the Emergency Act got declared, the Ottawa police became extremely aggressive mm-hmm. with their threats and with their propaganda. Like, it almost seems like that Ottawa police Twitter handle actually changed hands through this federalization of police powers
1: Hmm. interesting yeah it's kind of it's the propaganda aspect of this whole thing has just been it's been crazy to see like
0: and I've been on Twitter as well and mm-hmm. I, I never used to go on Twitter but I actually made an account just for this because I, I wanted to just make a difference from here mm-hmm. even though I'm not over there and it was pretty enlightening and yeah there's a lot of hatred against People wanting their freedom, and if you if you just look at Twitter, and I'm sure Reddit's probably the same, if not worse, mm-hmm. more extremely slanted. There's a lot of hatred, but these are not fair-minded people. These are people who have some kind of a personal stake in the liberals maintaining power, mm-hmm. or or they they believe in the wokeness. They're very people who believe in wokeness. They have psychological barriers to to not believing in it. It's like if you know someone who's extremely religious and you're the first person to come into their life and try to to talk them out of some of their more extreme elements of their beliefs, you're going to run up against psychological brick walls and the wokeness is a religion, it's the same thing, it's it's like the religion of like creating utopia on earth by destroying everything that currently works, right? Mm-hmm. And they they do hold it as a religion. And psychologically, it actually inhabits the same part of the psyche that an actual religion does. Mm -hmm. I see it no differently. So these people who are still defending Trudeau, still attacking the peaceful protests, either they're woke or, in many cases, they're actually receiving funds from the government in some way. And you'd be shocked. Like, a gigantic percentage of the Canadian population somehow receives federal subsidies... Or they're paid directly by the government, or they work for some media group that's paid by the government, or something. Mm-hmm. So, when you're seeing these people, they're not people who have an open mind, right? Some CBC journalists. Yeah, like their job
1: depends on them not seeing this.
0: Yeah, so the CBC journalist who's attacking the New York Times for what they saw with their own eyes, she's not stating a, a fair minded, objective view of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know about, like, foreign influence in Canadian politics. Yeah. You know about George Soros. He literally spends billions of dollars to hire armies of, of activists. And that has to include these Twitter trolls.
1: Mm hmm. And they have these Russian troll farms as well, that, like, their job is just to be doing foreign intervention. And, like, I'd imagine, you know, it's it's hard because you don't really know who like, what's real on the internet anymore. Like, it's crazy. And and then actually, one of the things, so GoFundMe, they had, um, they initially, um, GoFundMe initially was taking, like, the Convoy money and, like, providing it to the Convoy for the, for a percentage. And then they froze the accounts and then said, like, hey, we're actually going to give this nine ten million dollars however much it was like two approved charities of yeah. GoFundMe and it's like bro what the fuck is that you know and then uh and then after that they went to like give send go and then the Canadian government just froze that as well you know it's it was pretty fucking crazy to see yeah and yeah some like random dude hacked it doxed everyone and then like now the government is going after people who gave like 20 bucks 50 bucks you know and freezing their bank accounts like that's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot, it's like all of this can kind of be fixed with open communication, open dialogue. Uh, like if you you and I have a disagreement on something, like the way to settle it would probably be by just having a discussion about it. You know, that would make the most sense. Um, but then that kind of goes out the window when one of the parties is actually lying. They don't want open dialogue because they'll get kind of found out. And it's been interesting seeing like Trudeau answering all these questions. Like this dude is like, "Hey, like you put a ban on like meetups of over twenty-five people." I see there's more than twenty-five people here uh, indoors. Did you did you get some sort of permit for that? And he's just like, "the the convoy is illegal." Blah blah. blah. Just like dodges the question. He's like, "Yeah, I don't think you understood the question or something." Like, mm-hmm. did you get a permit to have more than twenty-five people here? And then he just dodges the question again. And then like that girl who's like, did you really just call me standing with a Nazi flag? Like, my parents died, or, like, my grandparents died in the Holocaust. And you're telling me, like, I stand with Nazi flags? Like, I deserve an apology. And he's like, this is a very serious situation. You know, you just, like, can't fucking answer a question. It's super, you know, like, that's not an honest actor if someone has to answer a question like that.
0: So ask yourself, if you're responsible for the well-being of the country and clearly having a dialogue with these people would advance the well-being of the country, diffuse tensions, maybe put your own party and your own political self-interest in a better light because now you're unifying the country instead of dividing it. you have to ask yourself, under what circumstances would you refuse that dialogue? And this takes me to these, not theories, but this reality that, that the Canadian government is connected with international forces, the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Christia Freeland... The most powerful person in the Canadian government, other than Trudeau, some say she's even more powerful, she's on the board. It's a permanent paid salaried position that she's on the board of the World Economic Forum.
1: And they talk about, like, the Great Reset as, like, some conspiracy theory, but the dude who runs the World Economic Forum wrote a book called The Pandemic and the Great Reset. And you know? he
0: said half the Canadian Parliament is serving his agenda. mm mm-hmm. Including Trudeau, and including Freeland,
1: and they also had a thing too where, uh, like, recently the dude they had like an open question period for the Speaker of the House, and the guy was saying uh, one of the guys went up. He's like, "Hey, like this guy said that over half is like in line with the the World Economic Forum. Could you like in the like for transparency's purposes?" Could you explain that? And they just cut them off. They're like, the audio was bad. Yeah, you know, super clear audio. It's like the next question here. Like, well, I'm sure it was a great question, but, bye. You know, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like.
0: The question got out, but the answer didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I guess like you've had COVID, yeah.
0: I've never been tested, dude. I I just treat it like a sickness. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to, like, jump through hoops to say, oh, this is some kind of exceptional thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I had COVID. I think I've actually had it at least twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still, even after having COVID, you know, people say, like, oh, well, if you had COVID, you'd think about this whole thing differently. No. Mm-hmm. I still don't want to see my country destroyed. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. It's weird that that's, like on the table, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, we could do that. Yeah, it's like, the the science in Canada just acts different than the science everywhere else, you know? Like, Denmark lifted all their restrictions, Ireland lifted all their restrictions, and, like, I, can you make a single good argument for why we need a vaccine mandate? Like, I've been thinking deeply on the subject, like, why, what would be the benefits of having the vaccine mandate?
0: Yeah, so if I had to play devil's advocate, I would say... Canada has a extremely restrictive healthcare system with limited capacity, which is insufficient to handle a new disease. It's not even sufficient to handle the annual flu season, let alone a new flu, which affects more people. So if you're vaccinated and your symptoms as a result, even though you can still transmit the disease, if your symptoms are not as bad, you're less likely to end up in the hospital and therefore, you're not going to overburden or destroy the healthcare system of Canada. Mm-hmm. So public healthcare is part of the justification for why we can't be free in Canada.
1: Yeah, and then in that in that realm, though, it's like Roman Barber asked that um, the director of health, like some I forget where, Elliot Christine Elliot, I think her name is in the, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, in Ontario. He's like, okay, like the issue isn't even beds. Like we have enough beds. The issues in nursing, but we have. Uh, it only takes four months to train a regular nurse to become an ICU nurse. So, over the past twelve months, how many have you trained? And she just ignored it. You know. So, like, if the healthcare system's so bad, then it's kind of it goes back. Like it's on the politicians yes. for having not done that. You know. And on top of that, if you don't want to overwhelm it, then why? If it really was about that, why don't they mention? Vitamin D like over eighty percent of the people who died from COVID were vitamin D deficient. They don't mention exercise, they don't mention healthy diet, they don't mention any of those things. It's like it's literally just like wash your hands, get vaccinated for one, and then wear a mask. And so like
0: And stay inside, don't get any sun, don't interact socially, destroy your mental health.
1: Yeah, so it's just like so if that's the case, you know, it's like even the last lockdown I was actually in Canada for it and over eighty percent or ninety percent of people are vaccinated. It's like if you need to do the lockdown because you're gonna overwhelm the hospitals, then do it. But you guys should also all like step down after this and say, yeah. like, we failed you over the past two years. We didn't like like hospital capacity was what they were crying about two weeks in like that's why we had two weeks to flatten the curve. Mm-hmm. So why this why is after, pretty deep. Why after two years do they still not have hospital capacity?
0: I'd say number one, public health and big pharma cannot, cannot be separated in Canada. In fact, a lot of doctors and, and big pharma can't be separated. If you're a doctor in Canada, your earnings are capped. Okay? There's no way to make more money by being a better doctor. The only way to make more money by being a better doctor is either A, to leave Canada, or if you want to make more money, you need to make deals with companies to sell their product, right? So at the end of the year, if a doctor can can show up at the annual Pfizer meeting, at meeting in St. Kitts, and they talk to the rep and they say, oh, here's like 5,000 subscriptions that I filled out in the last year for your products, probably they're going to get invited to the next cruise or the next all-inclusive vacation or maybe they'll get a car or something like that. I know this, right? This is how a lot of things operate. These doctors mm. go to these conferences that are sponsored by Big Pharma. And then there's the fact that there's the fact that there's, there's just no incentive to do a better job. And the more of a problem there is, the solution is always going to be throw more money at the problem. So what's the incentive to fix the healthcare system? Well, one possible incentive is a giant public backlash, which is starting to happen now. But until now, Canadians in general, they're not, like, they're not like Americans, okay? Americans are very political. They're very, some would say, like aggressive with their defense of their rights and making sure that their politicians are held accountable and whatnot. In Canada, the mindset is we don't even really pay attention to what they're doing. It's their job. We're in, we're in the best country in the world, so trust the experts. And so there's not that accountability. It's like reverse incentives. The worse you do, the more money you get. And there's no people to hold them accountable. I think that's changing now. Mm-hmm. With the Freedom Convoy, I, there's been millions of people who have come together through these alternative social media networks like the Freedom Convoy Instagram page and the Facebook group and different Twitter feeds. And because of that new ecosystem, there's going to be a lot of information that gets shared in the absence of the media, and I think there's going to be a greater degree of accountability going forward, and the the power of the mainstream media has been significantly diminished by this, right? So that's the other group that could, in theory, hold these bureaucrats or politicians accountable would be the media, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately, they have the same incentives as the corrupt politicians and bureaucrats do. So... It, it needs to be a grassroots uprising, just like what we've had, and I don't know to what extent it's going to correct the problem or if the establishment's just going to double down and keep on calling them terrorists like they basically try to do until now, but it's made a difference, right? And even if you just look at el- elections and, and popular votes, the fact that there's millions of people now in these groups and following these pages, it's a big counterbalance to the mainstream narrative. And it's a, a great way for people to actually share real information amongst themselves to hold some of these people accountable.
1: Yeah, I hope, I hope it works. You know, like I hope it actually makes a change. My main issue with the thing. So I made my first anti-lockdown video, December, 2020. Um, and I actually had like, like 15,000 plus views on it. And like a lot of people, uh, a lot of people shared it like doctors actually like booked calls with me to discuss like my views on it. Um, but then the issue that I'm kind of finding, and actually I spoke with Roman Baber about this as well, is you're kind of just hitting the same audience over and over. So now it's like people who already agree with you, you know, and it's kind of like, fuck, like, I don't know, like with popular opinion that or like public opinion, that's the only way that anything can get done. So it's kind of like, I guess my thoughts on the the, the thing is, is like, how do we actually reach these people who... Are just uh, like drones and they're actually they still believe like Trudeau even though like w- with their own eyes they look at this guy who can't answer a question straight like how do they sit there and trusting this man
0: well because his voters don't pay attention I think the, in the majority of cases these voters of Trudeau's are just straight up not paying attention mm mm-hmm. they're not watching the full question period they're not seeing these debates take place in real time at best, they're watching the six o'clock news or the eleven o'clock news, and they get a five-second soundbite, so they can hear Trudeau talking about how we have each other's backs and we all love each other. Therefore, we need mandates and lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And that there's a certain percentage of the population that's going to resonate with that message, especially coming from a guy like Trudeau, right? I think uh, the Freedom Convoy. So what you're talking about is like an iron curtain of, like, information firewall,
1: right? Because mm-hmm.
0: the media has its narrative. They, they weren't taking any of this into account, anything Roman Balber said or anything that's been said through your videos or other people's videos on YouTube and whatnot. It had to be—you've seen V for Vendetta?
1: Yeah, I just watched it and I was like, it predicted this perfectly.
0: So this girl was so asleep that she had to be kidnapped and tortured to wake up. Mm-hmm. The Freedom Convoy was like a traumatic shock to the country, which broke down the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. And even though it wasn't covered fairly 100%, let's say 60 to 70% of the coverage was flawed propaganda, it still broke through the curtain. It still made people see things they wouldn't have otherwise ever seen these arguments, these opinions in their whole life. Now, if you look at Justin Trudeau's Twitter, the top thousand comments are all, like, you shouldn't, you have no right to talk about Russia. Look what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? which, which I'm liking that, actually. That's actually something that I saw with Doug Ford as well. Uh, I used to follow him on Instagram, and all of his comments were just people who hated him. You know, there's no one on his side anymore. But that was one of the things with Twitter that I was seeing is there are, like, I don't even know. They could be bots, but they're like, this is the best prime minister ever. You know, this is who we need for this situation. It's like, probably come on he's not he's not he's not good at anything you know like he was a drama teacher he's he's a good actor yeah that's it like his yeah and like people legitimately believe he's the son of fidel castro and he might be you know so yeah it's a bit of a mess but yeah i'm kind of hoping that the freedom convoy did what it was you know like i hope it made an impact but i don't know
0: look at the provinces yeah
1: oh that's the that's the cool thing as well too is that they're like yeah like this had no like this had no impact but like since it started Aaron O'Toole is gone now we actually have conservatives who believe uh, that like we need to lift all mandates all these things and then Saskatchewan Alberta all lifted theirs Uh, Quebec cancelled their like vaccine tax that they were going to have. So it did, yeah, you're right.
0: Ontario's like six days away from getting rid of their vaccine passport.
1: So there's a little piece of the conversation missing right now, mostly due to us saying something that could be interpreted as illegal. So uh, I've actually cut that. But without further ado, here is the rest of the interview. So I'm actually fully vaccinated. You know, like when I went there, I went and got, uh, I went and got vaccinated. So I actually got it. But I've, um, I needed that to get out of the country. But then I deleted it after that. Like, I don't want to live in a country where I need to show papers of vaccination, you know? Like, unless I'm showing my fucking polio vaccine, unless I'm showing that I got, like, my tetanus shot, flu shot, I haven't got for 10 years. So why the fuck do I need to show this thing that, you know, like... If you say you want to see the the polio vaccine shot, at least you know if I have the polio vaccine shot, the chances of me having polio are pretty fucking low, you know? Versus if I have the COVID vaccine shot, the chances I have COVID are the exact same as if I didn't get the shot. So, like, according to Pfizer CEO himself.
0: Yes. And the one person I know who got the most sick from COVID, double vaccinated, the people who are the most afraid of getting COVID or dying of COVID, it's all the people who are fully vaccinated and boosted. Who's more scared of COVID Who's more scared of them personally suffering from COVID? Somebody who's fully protected with all the boosters or somebody who has no protection whatsoever because they're unvaccinated. Somehow the boosted people are more worried about dying than the non-boosted.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this thing on Reddit. This girl was actually like in the Playa del Carmen subreddit saying that she's coming on vacation. She's like, so I know uh, like, I'm Canadian and I'm triple vaccinated, so I know I'm not the problem, but there's like Americans are able to go like should I, should I just avoid people who are American like the, like the plague you know like dot 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 like the plague you know and she's like kind of making it a joke and everyone in the comments is like bro just stay home like yeah. you're fucking triple vaccinated why are you so worried about this thing
0: yeah like at this point you just stay home forever
1: mm-hmm. yeah and that's one of the unfortunate parts of this like it's destroyed this entire upcoming generation of people kind of, you know, like all the kids who need social, like social activity, they, they're not going to get it. You know, they they're going to, it's crazy.
0: There seems to be a mindset in Canada, where if something is a good idea in theory, therefore, the government needs to make it mandatory. And I think that's a very dangerous mindset. Because if you think staying at home is a good idea, or if you think wearing a mask is a good idea, or getting quadruple boosted, that's great. Nobody is ever going to stop you from doing those things. Mm-hmm. But it seems like such a natural leap for these people to go from, I think it's a good idea. Therefore, people should suffer if they don't want to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It should be mandatory. Like that, that leap is something that I think exists in Canada to a much greater degree than the U.S., for example.
1: Mm-hmm yeah and as well like you're you're seeing these like the super bowl just had seventy thousand plus people at it you know and like everywhere else europe's just lifting all their mandates and everything everything's going back to normal like i think tomorrow in the uk uh by the time this is up the pandemic is officially over in uk and they said like hey like take whatever precautions you want but we're not we're not going to be forcing you to do anything um and i just yeah it's frustrating to see that like people in canada they're like oh like the 70,000 people like yeah like they can you know they're probably mad about it but like they're just able to see like oh like they're allowed to have 70,000 people but i i can only go to the grocery store and i need to avoid everyone
0: well with a lot of these liberals they're actually anti-american to the point where If the U.S. is doing something, therefore, we need to be better than them by being different than them. So if the U.S. embraces freedom, how do we differentiate ourselves? By being there for each other and having each other's backs with fascist mandates. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like... And people want unvaccinated people to die, you know? It's like, I don't like to uh, compare this to the Holocaust or whatever, but, I mean, a lot of these people would be loading Jews onto trains... And be like, it's, be like you're going to go into the forest, so you don't, like...
0: It's a perfect comparison to me. Mm-hmm. Because you're hurting people in a way that's socially acceptable and encouraged by your government and your media. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing, like, who actually has morals and, and who can just go with the crowd that wants to hurt a minority of people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've always thought about it, like, hey, it's interesting, you know, like, I wonder what it would have been like... You know? And now I know. (laughs) It's like, because even like the Americans who are fighting against the Nazis in World War II, then they come back and they have separate drinking fountains for black people. You know, they have separate restaurants where only white people are allowed to go because black people need to be separated for the good of society. And it's like, they were able to, like, there's this cognitive dissonance where they were like, okay, them doing these things to the Jews is bad, but then we're also going to also segregate a portion of the population here and they don't see the hypocrisy in that, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, yeah, that's like everyone can agree what they did to the Jews was bad. But then it's like, but you're also pro-segregation here, you know, like because of like a vaccine.
0: Yeah. Well, before the convoy, all the momentum was in favor of we need more restrictions on the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. We need more mandates, not less mandates. What should we do with these dirty people who take up space, and should, was, we, should we tolerate Should them? we even tolerate them yeah. like what do we do with them? Do we just like lock them in a camp or mm-hmm. like they're dirty? We have to get rid of them right and that was the mainstream dialogue as of like mid January mm-hmm. like literally a fucking month ago mm-hmm. that that was literally the mainstream dialogue, and the freedom convoy changed that from are we lifting change the 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 narrative from are we restricting these dirty people enough to are we lifting mandates quickly enough and are we still in line with the rest of the civilized world and is this fascism or is this not fascism what we're doing to these people so massive massive explosion of the prior narrative and sh- and like transformation of that into something more sensible
1: where do you think Canada's going to be like 5 years from now
0: That's a tough one. Well, let's, let's take the optimistic view here because I think we've reached a critical mass to where they can't stop this movement. Best case scenario, even if they had the Emergency Act for 30 days, you know they would be stuck in more and more difficult positions trying to justify it over time. Now you have international media pointing the spotlight at Canada and saying, like, what the fuck is going on here? New York Times, Wall Street Journal... Now, and previous to that, it was a lot of uh, like Sky News and Fox News and whatnot. But now it's people on both sides of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. So they could have tried to go against what the world is doing by not lifting mandates and adding new ones and become an international embarrassment to an even greater extent than they have with this Emergencies Act. But they would just face more and more resistance each step of the way. And millions of people are now mobilized in Canada against this agenda. So it's debatable if they would have even had the votes in the Senate, despite the fact that Trudeau appointed partisans. Mm -hmm. I think probably what's going to happen is there's going to be not an election yet in Canada, but within two to three years, I think there's going to be an election, and I think the Conservatives are going to win.
1: We need... uh that that was another thing i was actually worried about cuz if they say like we can't do the emergency act which i think it was funny cuz they they he enforced the emergency act and then they were going to debate it on the friday but they couldn't debate it because of the actions of the police in ottawa taking oh, yeah. everyone out was too dangerous for them to be in parliament at the time so they couldn't they couldn't debate you know because they're doing this thing that like is fascism and totalitarianism but um but i was worried about it 'Cause if they call a new election, we don't have a leader in the Conservative Party right now. You know? Like so fucking Trudeau may very well once again win an election if they like call another one right now, which is kind of frustrating to see.
0: I saw a poll which had the Conservatives ahead of the Liberals from mm-hmm. three three eight. And I th- I actually think that if Candace Bergen had been the Conservative leader instead of Aaron O'Toole in the last election i mm-hmm. think the conservatives would have won yeah and i think the same thing if pierre Polyev would have been the leader
1: yeah yeah i'm kind of yeah i didn't know candace before this but she's 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 my girl i like that girl yeah. a lot um, but yeah then pierre i heard of pierre cuz he was talking shit on lockdowns like early 2021 he's like hey like the blue jays are playing and but in america and they're bringing all of that money to America, because we we're just fucked, you know. Like we aren't allowed to have anything. So yeah, I kind of hope that he becomes uh, the guy, and he, he becomes PM, you know. Or yeah, I'm not sure. And pretty much anyone, as long as we have like some strong leader in the conservatives to take out.
0: I agree, man. Because if Trudeau would have been called out for the unethical things he was doing, he would have lost. Mm-hmm. Aaron O'Toole didn't do that. Aaron O'Toole. His argument about these mandates was basically, I agree with you, Trudeau. You're right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not as strong as you. Right? I agree with you that we need these mandates. But if some like weird idiot doesn't want to get vaccinated, we'll still let them get tested like a million times and still fuck with them, but not completely destroy their lives. Mm-hmm. So he basically gave the moral high ground away... And then just tried to like weasel his way into some kind of middle ground, which didn't work.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we need that strong, that strong opposition. Like it's otherwise you're just sitting there in an echo chamber where it's like the NDP is pro. They talk shit on Justin Trudeau, but then they're like, oh, like, but yeah, you know, like we're against the Freedom Convoy. It's like the party of the workers. It's supposed to be. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's it's a super weird thing, you know. Like antifa, like anti-fascist, is siding with fascism, and then like the party of the workers is against a bunch of truck drivers and tractor controllers. You know, like they're against the workers. Like the yeah. wor- the workers' party is against workers. You know, like the proletariat actually has like the means to yeah. make a change, and they're like Trudeau, like emergency act, like we support it. So, yeah, it's been a wild.
0: Yeah, when when workers' rights come into conflict with the woke cult in the NDP, you see where their allegiance truly lies. Mm-hmm. It could be because he's in the World Economic Forum, Jagmeet. It could be because also Pierre
1: is too. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't aware. Yeah, and uh, Stephen
0: Harper was too, by the way. Yeah, But so just not not as penetrated as these liberals are, mm-hmm.
1: maybe. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah. So it's like it's kind of like we could be fucked. You know, we could just looking ten years into the future. If they're pushing this agenda, you know, it's like Venezuela was uh, one of the wealthiest countries in the world in the nineties, and now, like, you can't even go there. No,
0: I've never been as optimistic about Canada's future as I was about the U.S. Mm -hmm. Because the people have a different mindset; they're much more on the side of pro-authoritarianism, and. There's less checks and balances. The politicians have way more power, mm-hmm. and I just and the population isn't as politically savvy as in other countries. They still fall victim to these like virtue signaling arguments or just blanket statement calling your enemies racists or whatever. That that actually still works in Canada, maybe mm-hmm. to an even greater extent than in the U.S. And just the just the way the power is concentrated, like we don't really have a functioning Senate. Mm -hmm. The courts are pretty much appointed by the prime minister. The Senate's appointed by the prime minister. The provinces all get money from the federal government. The media all gets money from the federal government. The public sector is like 40% of the economy. So everyone's getting their back scratched by this big government shit in some way. Mm -hmm. So if you really look at it, it's like it is a centralization of power. And a majority government is like an elected dictatorship in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, there's very few checks and balances. So, all you need is some charismatic guy who can deceive people for a few years and you can destroy your whole country just like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's where we're, where we're currently at. But it's interesting because he's not charismatic, you know? Like...
0: He's not charismatic, but he still is in the, in the lead in the polls with, yeah. the, with female votes. Fuck.
1: Yeah, it's so frustrating. Cause... He's an actor.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's able to emote on demand. If you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. He's able to display emotion on demand, which he's practiced over the years. Because if you look at his videos from s- seven, eight years ago, when he's talking, he's awkward as fuck. Mm-hmm. And the more emotional he tries to get, the more awkward it looks. But he's actually managed to correct his acting style over the past eight years to where it actually does convince a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's all acting. He's, yeah. he's reading a script. Have you ever seen those videos of him in the the G20 where it's just a room full of people and he has to go and and just talk to people without a script and it's like just free flowing and stuff mm-hmm. and he just stands there with his hands in his pockets and he's looking around not sure who to talk to and can't really get into a conversation and nobody respects him that's like Trudeau in an organic environment where he doesn't have a script mm-hmm. or he says shit like I admire the dictatorship of China. It's the country I admire the most. because yeah,
1: like, they're able to turn their economy around on the dime because they're able to like they can just control everything. Like they can change, they can just put force people to do whatever.
0: Yeah, a rare moment of honesty, right? Mm-hmm. When he was off script,
1: and it came back to fuck him, you know. Like so, that's probably why he's like, just give me a script, and I will yeah. only say what's on the script, so that no one can have anything against me. But yeah, his actual thoughts are no one knows what his thoughts are it's just
0: the country he admires the most is a genocidal literal genocidal totalitarian dictatorship with one party rule and basically permanent power for the, the guy who's in charge g it's like that's your that's like your model of. and then he tried to say I saw the full clip he tried to say like oh I'm sure Harper is dreaming about having these powers it's like are you sure it's Harper are you mm-hmm. sure it's not you because you're the one who just said that you admire them more than any other country in the world mm-hmm. Of course, he can't say the u s because his base wouldn't like that very much right mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's like the second he could get some power, he's taken advantage of it, and he's you know it, it's crazy to see he just keeps pushing for more and more and more, and that's kind of what we've seen over the pandemic. It's like they're they seem to have just taken it. I think it happened by accident this whole thing started. And I was on board with with stuff for like the first two three weeks. I was like, "Yeah, like this all makes sense. Like we've never heard of this before. I don't know what the fuck's going on." And he's like, "Hey, like we're gonna, like stay inside, blah blah. We'll get through this together." I actually believe that. And then things just started not adding up for me. And so then I feel like this whole thing since then has kind of been an exercise in how far can we go. And people will still allow it.
0: Yes. 100%. It's been a giant social experiment. Mm -hmm. And there's videos of Klaus Schwab saying just as much. Saying like... I don't know. Something like word for word almost. We've seen through the pandemic how adaptive humans can be to different living conditions. And this gives us a lot of hope that we can build back better with the Great Reset. Which is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. So basically... All we have to so it's like these people have enjoyed freedom for the last like few hundred years or whatever, but they don't need that, Mm -hmm. right? We could easily just put them into like two hundred square foot coffin apartments, have them own nothing, give them some weed to smoke and some some other pharmaceutical drugs and whatnot, stimulate their biological needs through whatever pornography and whatever other means. And they'll feel like they're happy and they, they won't even know the difference. They won't even remember what life was like before because mm-hmm. these humans, their brains have such neuroplasticity that we can do anything to them and they'll accept it.
1: One of the things as well I was noticing, because um, I'm super against the vaccine mandates and I was like crying about it. And I'm like, I don't like, you know, I could have gotten a QR code here. You know, it was offered to me numerous times. I could have bought one. But, like, for my parents' sake, they're like, hey, like, we want you to be vaccinated. I was like, all right, like, I did the research. I was like, yeah, you know what, fuck it. Like, I'll get the actual vaccine. But I don't want to give this vaccine passport. But then one of the things I've been thinking, it's like, but when I want to leave the country, I need to show an actual passport. And that was kind of made me rethink, like, am I even against, am I against all government at this point? You know, like, am I against even showing a travel passport? Like, what's, why do we have that even?
0: Interesting. Well, it's, it's definitely pushing people to a new threshold, which they haven't been pushed to with just a regular passport. Mm-hmm. But at the time, even the passport was pushing people to a, a greater degree, right? Yeah. yeah. And people adapted to that. But I think there's a certain line where you start forcibly injecting people or taking their rights away. As we've seen with the Freedom Convoy, I'm sure Klaus Schwab is very disappointed. These humans aren't quite as adaptive as we thought they might have been. Mm-hmm. And there's been other experiments like this, like the Milgram experiment. What was that? Where they basically they basically told somebody from the street, some random person, we need a volunteer for an experiment. And we need to run an experiment on like humans' pain thresholds. So there's going to be somebody in a room. You can't see them. We need you to to press a button. And keep pressing the button when the scientist tells you to. And we're just going to, like, measure scientifically how the person reacts to the pain. Mm-hmm. And they explained to them, like, and once you, just so you know, once you pass, pass this voltage, it can be, it can cause long-term damage. But I'm in charge of the experiment. So even once you pass that threshold, just keep on pushing the button as long as I tell you to push it. And they saw that a lot of humans, it was like over half, were, I don't know the exact number, so I don't want to slander the human race or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's called the Milgram experiment. And a shocking amount of people would kill the participant. They would have someone in the room screaming, begging for mercy, like, I'm going to die. Please stop. And then people would be squirming. They'd be nervous. They'd be like, I don't know what I should do. And the sound would be like, press the next button, five, 500 volts. And they would press it and they would literally kill the person in the experiment. Mm-hmm. That was one. And then the Stanford prison experiment, they put... They put like 30 people in a prison, half of them became the guards, half of them became the prisoners, and they wanted to see what would happen. And within a few days, the guards were just like beating the prisoners, locking them down, taking their food away and whatnot, just because the warden gave them permission to. These are people who did nothing wrong. It was Mm. part of a fucking experiment.
1: And they were just randomly selected to be the guards, you know? They had just as much of an opportunity to be the prisoners as well.
0: So when Klaus Schwab says things like we've seen how adaptive the human race is through the pandemic, it's like he's watching to see how far he can advance this great reset of you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And Canada's been in some version of that for a long time. So there was Agenda 21, then there was Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset. And even that was about can we we put this population of people who's used to having houses with backyards can we put them into tiny boxes in the sky and will they accept that and i guess you could say they did right people have mental health issues people have drug addictions people have higher levels of depression than before maybe evidence that there are some effects of these agendas Mm -hmm. some downsides but people still tolerated that they didn't riot and that's pretty covert Mm -hmm. this lockdown mandate shit is pretty much less covert like it's The tyranny's more in your face. Yeah,
1: I guess they thought that, hey, like, the people who support this, they're, like, militant on it, you know? So it's pretty much whatever we say.
0: Oh, yeah, Uh, so we'll divide the population between the good guys and the bad guys. Which is actually
1: something that Trudeau, I I was looking for this earlier. I I checked Google, though, so Google's not a reliable source of information anymore. But uh, I was trying to find it. I'll find it later. But, like, Trudeau was talking to someone. He's like, yeah, like, what we've learned is you can actually rule a country by... Uh, division and polarity, and then you like pit the two people against each other, and you're good to go. You know, like you yeah. can actually win like that. And it's like, fuck, bro. Like you just- saw it on
0: Twitter. People will call out Trudeau for his fascist behavior, and and there's going to be a bunch of trolls that are going to jump to his defense immediately mm-hmm. because it's 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 playing on people's desire for social status and sexual market value as well. Because what they're doing is they're promising people a higher sexual market value and social status if they comply. So we're going to create two casts of people. So, okay. So social credit score, right? It's a score of a thousand. Mm-hmm. This is a social credit score, but it's, you get 1000 if you're fully vaccinated or you get zero if you're not fully vaccinated. And if you have a thousand or one versus zero, you can have all the rights in the world. You can go to restaurants you can basically be a superior class of human being. Mm-hmm. So it's a bargain with the devil. And a lot of people took that bargain. However, even a lot of vaccinated people will not take that bargain. Right. But I'm sure they like they like the dynamic of when people try to attack them. There's a bunch of there's like millions of lemmings who just jump to their defense and start mm-hmm. attacking anyone who wants to be free.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up. And uh It's crazy that, like, they didn't watch this episode of uh, Black Mirror, which goes into the social credit system and how, like, horrible it can go for people. Um, And they're actually able to – like, that social credit system episode of Black Mirror, it didn't go – it wasn't a good thing, you know? They weren't saying, like, this is awesome. But then they're still trying to implement it, you know? And, like, I remember when that episode came out, they're like, they actually have something like that in China. And everyone's like, no fucking way. Like, that's a real thing. And they're actually, you know, they're sort of pushing towards it. And I'm kind of afraid that like our kids, uh my future kids, your existing kids, they'll be growing up in a world where that could become normal to them. Maybe not our kids, we'll talk to them, like, hey, by the way, like here's what it here's what it was like before the winter, you know, like before this all happened. Like you didn't need to show this to go somewhere, you know. You didn't need to wear a mask that has no scientific efficacy for being used. Mm-hmm. Like you could just live your life. And Our kids might not have to deal with it, but, like, there will be a large percentage of people who will grow up knowing nothing but that. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, if I say anything wrong, I just, like, my credit score gets docked. My, like, my bank accounts can get frozen by the government for donating a little bit of money to a a convoy against mandates, you know, against government overreach. And then the government responds to that by overreaching more and freezing their fucking bank accounts
0: yeah well people are gonna say on the other side i followed all the rules i'm a good citizen why shouldn't i be rewarded mm-hmm. why why should i be in the same boat as somebody who's a bad person
1: mm-hmm. yeah i wish i wish it didn't work you know like i i wish people were smarter and they could just see that
0: they don't know? see that it's enslaving them mm-hmm. the more they comply the more they're actually getting caught in the fucking web this like mm-hmm. spider web of tyranny
1: and then where do you say no you know and that's the thing as well against mandates it's like okay you're mandating this for the hospital for the hospital thing but what about obese people what about smokers like and that they uh when they were talking about this new pill that they're going to like Teresa tam was like yeah we're gonna have to prioritize it for the unvaccinated because like they're gonna be getting the sickest anyway with covid so we're gonna have to give them give it to them and someone else is like well yeah she says that but I don't think that's a good idea because like those people didn't do their part and now we're using up hospital resources to deal with the fact that these people didn't like do what everyone else did and now they're like ruining our healthcare system you know but it's like at what point do we start blaming obesity like diabetes is also like one of the main comorbidities that makes COVID really bad like they don't talk about that you know like smoking like you fucking did it to yourself you know like it's yeah. it's, a, it's a very slippery slope because it's like well I mean cigarettes like those cigarette companies were paying pharmaceutical companies like doctors to say like this is the healthiest cigarette yeah. and then people trusted them because they were doctors and then those people smoked and then now they can't advertise for it but then like it got into public awareness like the, the zeitgeist of society like smoking cool, and then like so, is it even your fault if you smoke? Or is it the fault of these companies? You know, so, like, it's it's a weird thing where it's sort of... It's all going down, so then it just doesn't make sense. Like, you can't really blame yourself for smoking. I guess you could, because you're, like... You know, you're an adult, so fucking quit, but...
0: Can you blame yourself for taking a potentially harmful vaccine? That's right? the thing, as well. Let's like, say those have negative health effects. They do. Are we going to blame the vaccinated people next? Mm-hmm.
1: And... You know, we don't know if the vaccine is causing the variants, you know, like it could be based on, you know, it's like, why don't you want to like, why don't you want to take antibiotics? Or like when you get a round of antibiotics, make sure you take all of them, because if you don't, then like, say you have like a 10 day thing and you only take seven days worth, you'll kill all the weaker ones. But then you'll have like, you won't have killed that last strong bacteria. And then that thing's going to propagate and that's going to create more antibiotic resistant molecules and bacteria so it's like this is something that's been known for
0: so do we want to live in a world where we're having these absurd arguments about who the good people are and who's entitled to healthcare and who's not entitled to healthcare Mm -hmm. I personally prefer to live in a world where everybody's free to do what they want and then they live with the consequences and eventually through millions of people doing that like we can see what is healthy and what's unhealthy you can look at other people and say, hey, like, I want to be like that person. So I'm going to make healthier choices because I can see that that person's healthy. You know, the debate doesn't have to be like, do we deny healthcare to, to obese people or not non-vaxxed or vaxxed? Because that, that takes you down a very slippery slope of dominoes, which ends with complete absurdities, which mm-hmm. I would argue, like, we're already in an absurd phase where we're talking about... We were talking about a month ago in Canada denying health care from unvaccinated people. So would you rather live in that world where we're always fighting over, like, who controls the government and who's going to hold the gun and point it at their enemies? And if you lose, like, that's a fucking civil war, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, the convoy was fully peaceful. But... The government pushed people and pushed them and pushed them until they had no other options but to literally go to the parliament building and to park their trucks and to say, hey, we're not leaving until this gets fixed. Yeah. That's not what they wanted to be doing. This is a result of months and years of pushing people. Like we were saying with the Klaus Schwab and, and how far can we push people before they fight back? They literally pushed them until they had no other option. Mm-hmm. What did he think was going to happen? Did he think that it would get to a point where they locked them all in a camp? Or where some percentage of the population would eventually fight back? You know, there was no other way to get through it, right? Yeah. It's like, either we have to put these people in camps because they don't like being oppressed. They don't like the way they're being treated. And they're, they're about to start fighting back. How do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. Do we just give them their freedom back? No, we can't do that. Let's put them in a camp. Let's declare martial law. Let's have military with rifles pointing it at peaceful protesters because they won't comply. It's like they caused this.
1: Mm-hmm. How close do you think we're getting to like concentration camps uh, for unvaccinated people?
0: I'd say at this point we're a lot further away from it than we were a month ago.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. Before the before the convoy, I like how you, how optimistic you are on the convoy. Like I started super optimistic about it, but I do. I guess my part of it is just like it 's so abundantly clear that it 's the right thing, but then I can also see a lot of people who don 't like who are just viciously against the convoys and viciously against like people standing up like hey we 're not going to get mandated um, and they can 't see the problem with it that i 'm kind of pessimistic because they're like it's allowing the the like the agenda of Trudeau and the w e f to kind of keep going forward when If you just open your eyes and, like, use your brain cells, then you would know that that's not the direction you want to head.
0: It's easy to get that impression from Twitter and Reddit. Yeah. But that's not a representative sample of the entire population, right? Mm -hmm. That's a self-selecting group that tends to be young, tends to be angry, tends to have a lot of time on their hands. Because blue-collar people or working class or private people who work in the private sector... They have to provide value to keep their jobs. They can't be on Twitter while they're getting paid. They, they don't go to a university class two hours a day and then have to kill time the rest of the day after having their brains filled with woke crap. Mm-hmm. you know. And then they go on Twitter and lash out at people who want their freedom, right? So the, the hashtag BlackfaceHitler was trending number one in Canada on Saturday evening and on Sunday. Mm-hmm. By the time Monday and Tuesday came around, all the top trendings were pro-Trudeau. Like, Trudeau was right, was the, the number one trending during weekdays. Mm-hmm. So you even look at how the hashtags that trend number one varies from weekends to weekdays when private sector people are working versus when private sector people are off. And consider the fact that most of these pro-Trudeau people, they don't, they don't have jobs like that. You know They don't have like jobs where they have to provide value or get fired. hmm That's one thing a lot of these people don't realize is how fucking privileged they are, and then to say that they work, that they represent the working class, is such an insult to all these people. Like, Mm -hmm.
1: and to call everyone who's not vaccinated a racist when like forty percent of the native population is unvaccinated, it's like
0: it shouldn't even matter though.
1: mm -hmm, It shouldn't, but it's kind of like it's like. Minorities have a history of getting fucked by the government, you know, medically. Yeah. You know, like the Tuskegee uh, Tuskegee experiment, mm-hmm. like that's crazy, uh, crazy what they were doing. They only did th- they did that up until the seventies, where they're just like not treating syphilis in black people because they're just seeing what happens. And the only reason they stopped it was because they got caught, you know. And so, like these minority groups, they have a they have a reason to be hesitant about things, you know, about like government forced vaccinations and government interventions, you know, but then, yeah, then the, the go-to from that side is if you don't do it, it's because you're racist, you know, it's just such a fucking weird stretch of the imagination.
0: Yeah. I'd say the freedom convoy, like the racial makeup was more or less the same as the general Canadian population. Mm Mm-hmm. But the the crazy thing is that most visible minorities in Canada are new. They're immigrants. They don't know the history of Canada. They don't know the culture of Canada. They don't have the same, like... So Canada has, like, a pretty free history compared to a lot of countries. There was way more freedom in Canada 30 years ago than there was in, like, France or Britain, let's Mm -hmm. say. Or India or China or, you know, most other parts of the world where we're drawing our immigrants from... So, sadly, a lot of what these people know about Canada is just what they hear in the schools, in the universities, and from the media. And that's where they get their idea of Canada from. So, they can literally just rewrite the history of Canada to be whatever they want it to be. And chances are there's still more freedom in Canada than where these people came from. So, the country could be destroyed in front of their eyes, and they would see it as not a bad thing, not a downgrade. hmm it's On the other crazy. hand, there's a, there was a lot of minorities who joined the Freedom Convoy and who don't want fucking tyranny in the country. Mm-hmm. One of them just walked right into the apartment right here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so It was representative of the general population, so probably it was around 70-80% white people, there was Indian people, there were black people and whatnot. But I guess the only type of protest that the leftists approve of is like literal racial protests where it's like only a minority group protesting Mm -hmm. so if you're protesting against a pipeline because it goes through your reserve or if you're protesting because black people are disproportionately abused by police that's okay but if you want freedom for everybody something that can actually unify the population against a tyrannical government that's way out of line
1: yeah, it's uh, these, these, what is an acceptable protest versus, you know, like, well, all protests should be acceptable, you know. But to just point this one, it's like, hey, these people just want basic human rights. It's like, fuck them, you know. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, actually, like, I like your optimism on this, uh, on this freedom convoy. And I think I need to be more focused on the good here. You know, like I was saying, like, we have this hope, you know, like it gave me hope for the first time. Um, that things are turning around. And yeah, you're right, there was a ton of different things that changed. Like most of the mandates were dropped. I guess my issue with the situation was they said they were gonna drop Yeah. But yeah, and it's like they can they didn't eliminate the ability to reinstate them. You know, that's the issue that I'm having, you know, and that's why I'm having the problem with like they're not dropping it federally, and I was saying like you can't leave the country, even though like you can But I don't like the idea of even needing to go, like, fucking buy a vaccine QR code. Like, I don't like that I have to do that. Of course. You know, I hate that because there's no justification for it, you know. Um, I have
0: unvaccinated people in my family. Mm -hmm. The only way for them to leave is to escape.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: How fucked is that? How, How can anybody in Canada claim that freedoms and rights haven't been taken away? When the freedom to cross the fucking border has been taken away from millions of people. You know, they say like with bullying, it's like the, the bystander has responsibility to stop the bully. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, these bystanders are not stopping the bully. They're cheering him on because they think it gives them higher status.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, I guess it's sort of seeing the, it's kind of, I guess it's just a bunch of people with no meaning in their life, and they're just like, yeah, like you were saying, it it increases your sexual market value, uh, it increases your position in society, apparently, you know, um, for a very short-term thinking person,
0: it does. It's an unconscious thing, Mm -hmm.
1: right?
0: And the vast majority of these people, if you notice, they don't really spend a lot of time thinking about the future. They don't really spend a lot of time thinking about having families or kids or grandkids. You know, most of these people are are just perfectly content to maybe have a dog, a couple cats, be comfortable in society. They're scared of catching COVID. They want the government to make them feel safe. And they don't think about the society that they're creating, right? They don't have that perspective, that long-term vision. For society, and then if I look at a lot of these people individually, they don't even have a long-term vision for themselves. So how the fuck can they have a long-term vision for a whole society? It doesn't... It's not possible for them.
1: Yeah, and they're just trying to get, like, internet points by being rude to people. But yeah, like, unlocks this thing. It's like, wait, I can express hatred to these people? And I'm going to socially be accepted for it, you know? And then they just get more and more extreme, you know? Like, people are like, hey, like, if you're unvaccinated, like, I hope you die. It's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, it's
0: a phenomenon in authoritarian or totalitarian communism... Where they implement tyranny with mm-hmm. this grand promise of, we need this tyranny, but it's only for a little bit, and we're all going to come off way better on the other side of it. But then the deeper they get into the agenda, the worse things get, and they have to find scapegoats to explain why things aren't working the way the government promised they would.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was... Uh, that one of the most blatant aspects of this was the mask mandates, you know? And they're like, hey, like, yeah, you have to wear this mask. When, like, when they finally did do studies, the, like, most masks do nothing. And then, like, the N95s, they, like, prevented a little bit, you know? But then they they finally were like, okay, like, with Omicron, these masks do nothing. But then they just kept... They, they still have the mask mandate. You know, it's like, you need to wear a mask, but I can... I can go to the store with any fucking, like, a T-shirt that I cut up and throw it over my face, and that'll be okay. I can't tie a T-shirt around my face. Like, I've tried that before when I, like, didn't have a mask. Like, yeah, no, you can't do that. But it's just, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, this, so it's, it's not about health, you know? It's, like, about pushing look,
0: this. When you walk into a church, you know, a Catholic church at least, you dip your hand in the holy water, you make the sign of the cross, you genuflect, and then you walk in. It's like when you walk into a store... You reach into your pocket, you put on your mask, you know that everybody who's in that store, you know, they believe the same morals as you do. Mm -hmm. You see someone wearing a mask in the street, you know that they're on board with your cult as well. Yeah. Kind of like if you see somebody with like a religious ornamentation on. So there's these rituals that humans can be taught to perform which don't have a scientific basis. And the fact that we don't have, the fact that the world has been globalized. And obviously, in different parts of the world, we speak different languages, we have different religions and whatnot. But the one unifying story, the one unifying narrative for two years was COVID. It became the worldwide religion mm-hmm. for two years. And that that's powerful, because look, you, you meet someone new, let's say you're they're from a different country, or maybe you're just meeting them for the first time, maybe they're from your country. What do you talk about? It's like... Well, the one thing you both have in common is COVID. Mm-hmm. You both live in COVID societies. You're both like experiencing this new, this new set of rituals together, right?
1: I mean, actually being in Mexico, everyone that I meet from Canada, I know that what their stance is on this whole thing as well. And exactly. we have a very similar stance on the whole thing. It's like, yeah, like I escaped, like I escaped and now I'm here. So yeah, it's, um, for better or worse, like, yeah, like we all have this thing in common. And the, the interesting thing is seeing, for me, has been seeing how easy society can collapse. You know, like how little hold that everyone has on on things. And then, like, how people will take advantage in whatever way, whether it's a global, like, governmental level. They try to take advantage of it and see how far they can push it. Or if it's on the individual level, like, pushing things that don't make any sense just because you're going to get, like, internet points for it or like you think it's going to boost your sexual market value
0: and i think a lot of the reason why the mask mandates have continued to the point they have is Mm -hmm. because there's a large percentage of the population that would panic if there were no mask mandates like they'd be scared Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i guess it's like when do you say when do you consider this pandemic over like for us obviously it's been over but um like for a triple vaccinated person, like my father, for example, you know he doesn 't want to come down to visit in mexico because he 's like oh like what 's the mandates like what 's everything looking like um, yeah i don 't want to use my father as an example, but someone pretty much just like him uh, like someone who 's just a terrified of everything is like, do you really just consider this pandemic over when the government and the news tell you that it 's mm-hmm. okay or you know like it just seems mind-boggling to me that you can't just look at the statistics and decide for yourself you know it's like no like i have to wait until someone tells me it's okay
0: it's gonna be tough for a lot of people Mm -hmm. they've rewired their brains to feel this constant hum of anxiety Mm -hmm. and to use the religion example it's like as someone who was raised catholic if somebody walked into the church and started didn't genuflect didn't honor any of the rituals started jumping over the benches ran up on the altar. I'd be pretty shocked by that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a cath, like a religious curse would be pretty shocked. And I think in the same way, a lot of these COVID cultists w- would feel shocked if they walked into a Loblaws or Walmart or whatever, and people were just showing their face and breathing mm-hmm. normally. It's like a and like they cough into their
1: ha- They cough into their hand. It's like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, they know? would be mm-hmm. shocked and appalled.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when this pandemic hit, I was in the Philippines. First, I was, like, visiting a friend in Australia. And then, like, on March 2nd, I was coming back to Manila. And the girl was like, hey, have you been in China recently? And I was like, oh, like, because of the virus? Like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Like, and we laughed about it. And then I went, uh, and then, like, two weeks later, I'm getting evacuated out of uh, Manila, mm-hmm. pretty much. And I remember flying out of layover to Japan. And I remember flying to there. And there was this, like, disgusting blob of a person right beside me, you know, like, had, like, scabs on its elbows. Like, I didn't know. I don't know if it's a girl or a guy. And he was just sitting there coughing the whole flight. And I was sitting there, like, this is a new virus that no one's heard of. And this fucking thing is just sitting there coughing the whole time. And I was just disgusted, you know, because, uh, like, and I guess that's what people still are like now, you know, two years deep.
0: They they don't want to be within six feet of another human being that doesn't have their face covered up.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's an unfortunate thing overall. Like, there's, like...
0: It's like if you wanted to conquer a a society, what would you do? You would make people fear and resent each other, cut them off from each other, Mm -hmm. and present yourself as the savior, and and, and put a TV in everybody's house so they can't go outside, but all they can do is watch your TV all day. Mm Mm-hmm. And you teach them that contacting other human beings could kill them. Freedom yeah. could kill them. Even just talking face-to-face could kill you. What's not going to kill you? Watching TV and going on Twitter.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing as well on top of this, uh, Joe Rogan just did an interview, um, and they were talking about um, the obesity in ch- children that happened over the course of these lockdowns because everyone pretty much just got fatter. You know, They mm-hmm. had the quarantine 15, uh, and like obesity rates skyrocketed. Speaking of, like, hospital capacity, that's going to be a major problem in 20 years, you know? Like, if we don't fix this hospital situation, we're fucked.
0: They have to open up private healthcare in Canada. Mm -hmm. There's no other choice. Like, there's not even enough money that they can still borrow to pay for the mess that they've created, you know? It's funny. It's like the government has so much money for so many things... But the one thing that they've claimed a monopoly over, which is about life and death for its for its citizens, which is healthcare, they don't have money for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of, and like they're incentivized to not have money for that. Right,
0: they have they have money to seize people's bank accounts and implement mm-hmm. militarized police on the streets to keep people from protesting. Mm-hmm there's if that's easier to justify than actually giving people the healthcare they need so they yeah. can live a normal life and not have to lock them down
1: as well on top of that one of the things that i've really gotten into and i recommend that people do is uh start putting your money in crypto because like if you give to us like the your bank accounts being seized are now at the point of it's like at the whim of a uh, a regime you know and so whatever side you're on of it like that's the weird thing like you have to kind of fucking try to be a chameleon where it's like okay like now this is changing and this is like where's the where's the public sentiment blowing where's that wind going you know and that's been like the issue with the the conservatives where they're like close they're like okay like people are on board with the mandates like let's let's go on that side you know instead of just fucking like being authentic and having exactly. a conversation you know, it's like, hey, like I authentically believe this and here's why. Having that conversation, it just sounds like the way out of this mess that we're in. You know,
0: if this society that they're creating actually continues with these mandates and bank seizures and totalitarian tyranny, mm-hmm. the only way to survive in a society like that is to literally have zero principles, zero backbone. You're, you're like water in a glass that's constantly changing shapes And if you don't mold yourself to the glass, you're going to get crushed. Yeah. And I don't know why anybody would voluntarily hold money in a Canadian bank account at this point. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm sure you guys are great banks before all this. But the fact that you're collaborating with this, it's like you can't be Mm -hmm. trusted anymore.
1: Yeah, I was hoping actually that. Like, during these protests, you know, like, I was hoping that sort of the army would kind of make a statement and say, hey, like, uh, we understand that there's an issue, but, like, we don't think it's our spot to intervene. And I think, like, if some police forces had done this, then that would have changed quite a few things for us, you know? That's Uh, a good point. And would have been even, like, more powerful because it's like, he's like, we're going to sick the army on them. And, like, the army's like, no, you're not, you know?
0: I think that happened a couple times. Mm -hmm. That that was the first...
1: That was one of the things. So, like, in terms of, because I'm really focused on how do we change, like, the overall, like, bring those other people onto our side. And when Doug Ford implemented that thing where, like, you can be stopped for any reason and pretty much asked why you're outside. And if you're outside for an unapproved reason, you get a fine. And then they're closing the parks and things like that. And then most of the police uh, forces in Ontario said, like, hey, just so you know, we're not doing this. You know, that was one of the, that was another moment that, I saw that people like could kind of stood up and they're like oh the police said they're not doing that it's like maybe that was over the line you know yeah. and so I think uh, one of the things that needs to happen is and it's, it's happening and it's starting to happen is that these places are standing up and saying hey like we aren't going to like we're not going to be implementing that like we're not your dogs. like we're here to serve and protect like we're not here to do this so I think that's one of the things like if the police or someone like some kind of I guess, like, a hospital, too. Like, hey, we're not actually going to fire the unvaccinated. You know, like, all the nurses, all the doctors, like, they, you know, they have... Most of them have fucking... Like, they were heroes at the start of the pandemic. Most of them are COVID. Like, they have the antibodies. So, like, the science doesn't line up with any of the shit anymore.
0: That's literally what happened in the Freedom Convoy. Exactly the phenomenon you're describing. Mm -hmm. With the caveat that they didn't actually speak out. Because the fact is... Trudeau had all the powers that he needed to send in the police to beat up as many protesters as they wanted, arrest as many people. He could have called in the Army without the Emergencies Act. Mm -hmm. What I heard from my sources was that the Army did get called in. On two separate occasions, they rebuked Trudeau. Mm -hmm. They basically told him to, to take a hike. Yeah but they kept quiet about it right so i that's, agree with you
1: that's the issue yeah cuz also it's like hey like they tried hiring those tow truck companies that are going to be doing the like that can pull the transport trucks and they're like no nah, like we're not
0: but then you look at these witch hunts they're implementing now to anybody who was pro convoy now mm-hmm. you know they said we're going to hunt you down and find you and stuff mm-hmm. same thing with the ottawa police okay they could have ordered the ottawa police to go and break up a protest they did it with the G20 They've done it with a million other protests. What I think happened was the Ottawa police, they don't want to be mandated. They don't want to facilitate fascist tyranny for the rest of human history in Canada. Mm -hmm. So they and they didn't want to go brutalize a bunch of peaceful protesters who were just their only crime was being against the mandates. Mm -hmm. So the government had the power to do that. But for whatever reason, they couldn't get the people to do it until they invoke this extraordinary national emergency war-like power. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're totally right, man. Wouldn't it have been great if the police chief of Ottawa, when he resigned, if he said, "I, I have been pressured to do things that neither me nor my police chief nor my police officers want to do, namely, go brutalize a bunch of peaceful protesters who have done nothing wrong. I won't do it, and I'm resigning mm-hmm. because of that. He resigned, and then they brought in this new yes-man, this, like, Bill Blair-type thug, yeah. who basically would, will do anything to lick the boots of the regime in exchange for the next promotion. Mm-hmm. And look at Bill Blair. Worst human rights abuse by police in Canadian history at the G20. This was an early red flag about Trudeau. He named him as the public justice minister back in 2015 and I think he still is interesting so these police chiefs who prove to their authorities that they'll do anything they'll brutalize any peaceful protester whatever the regime says they're the ones that get promoted Mm -hmm. and the ones like Peter Slowly they end up resigning and yeah he should have said something
1: yeah yeah that would have been ideal and that's kind of what we need I think at this point you know like we need an authority like a because they're like trust the science trust the doctors it's like Only the ones that we approve, like, all the virologists that don't agree with this, we're going to censor them and shit like that. But, like, if you have, like, I think the the truck unions talking about this was good. Uh, But, yeah, like, if you have Joel Lightbound or Lightfoot, he was a good example of this because he stepped out and they're like, oh, fuck, you know, like, okay. Um, And then, yeah, on top of that, if we could have police forces, because I know a lot of cops and they're like, this is crazy, you know, like. If they could, you know, talk to their boss and say, "Hey, like, I think, like, we need to make a statement here. Like, over half of the force doesn't want to be doing this shit, like beating down people, like sending out tickets for all this stuff." I think, I think, if we had more of that, then it would do a, do a lot to to change public opinion. And on top of that, also try not to like, I fall into this, but I I do consider the other side like kind of dumb sometimes, you know, and a duck. I want to stop doing that, but then they say some shit that's pretty fucking dumb a lot. So it's tough. Um, But yeah, I guess, like, in conclusion, what would you say uh, before we wrap this up? uh, What what would you say um, the summary points are?
0: I'd say history isn't predetermined. Yes, there's powerful forces that want to take the future in a certain direction, but they can't rule without the consent of the governed. Even in this Emergencies Act, they were spraying protesters, they were beating people. But as long as more and more people kept on taking to the streets, they couldn't do anything to stop them. What, what ultimately broke up the protest was, yes, they shot people with tear gas. Sure, they beat people and they trampled them with horses. That made the protest smaller. But it wasn't until the temperature reached about negative 27 Celsius with the wind chill, after they had done all that, that they finally, that people stopped coming out. Okay? If people just kept on coming out peacefully, they would not have been able to clear the streets of Ottawa. They would not have been able to clear the blockades of the border either. Mm -hmm. And so it's just human willpower. And there's so much psychological warfare and people being threatened with their jobs and their insurance and their business, their bank account. You're going to get beaten. You're going to get shot. Like, look at all the pressure they had to put on people to get the numbers down. And even with that, people still kept on coming out. I don't think it would ever reach the point with social media and with the internet where the regime would be able to start shooting peaceful protesters in the street because they would have to shoot a lot of peaceful protesters. And I don't think that would fly. I think probably at least the US or some other international media would, you know, say this is not okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, ultimately it's just a battle of wills and it's going to be who wants this more. Do they want to enslave us more badly than we want to be free? And that's what it's going to come come down to ultimately.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you for coming, bro. Yes,
0: great conversation. Thank you. Absolutely.